Garage a mess? Don't stress. Get a hold of Rob at Nebraska Garage Solutions. Nebraska Garage Solutions is a locally owned and operated company that focuses on affordable garage storage solutions. The owner, Rob, will personally work with every customer from bid until job completion. They specialize in, but not limited to, overhead metal storage, custom wood shelving, pre-finished slat wall systems, and cabinets and entertainment areas. Are you looking to be the envy of all your neighbors? Get a hold of Nebraska Garage Solutions today. Follow on all social media platforms and check out over 50 five-star reviews. You can email rob at nebraskasolutions.com or you can call 402-987-8180. To check out their work, go check out www.nebraskagaragesolutions.com. Welcome to NBNR, the authority on unfiltered opinions and authentic player insight for Nebraska athletics. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and at nbnrpodcast.com. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Otter. He's a junkyard dog. Hey, Kenny Bell ran up to me. He's like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> you get mad. What, you going to get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hang on it, Muhammad. G-B-R. Kyle. Good job, buddy. Always on time. Go Big Red indeed. No block, no rock. Season three, episode 51. <laughs> Richie Incognito episode. We have... 38 days till kickoff. Who's counting? I am. Yeah, we are. Jared is. Very well. We're counting. (laughs) I know how to count. I know numbers. Okay. Now, before we kick things off here, we do want to say just real quick, we are at the Nebraska Brewing Company Tap Room in La Vista, Nebraska. 68128. Um, I am drinking myself a pickle fight. Oh. It's very nice. Yeah. What are you drinking? I've got the lemon squeeze. This is round two for the day. Squeeze, squeeze the, day. the day. Oh, what'd I say? Lemon, lemon squeeze. squeeze. Well, hey, same thing. Same, 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 same thing. Man. It's good. Same thing. It's zesty. All right, Mike, what you got? I have the cold beer. It's literally what it's called, and it's not false marketing. It is cold, it is good, and it is beer. So, yeah, it's yeah. great beer. <laughs> it's right there. And what you got? You guys already know what I'm drinking. The Pilsner. Yeah. It's the Pilsner. I drink this every episode. Every episode. It is a running joke. We don't, just, we don't even ask them usually. Yeah, they skip by me, and I give my answer anyway. <laughs> not going to Against our will. Um, okay, so coming to the tap room, 108th and Harrison, Lewis, Nebraska. Um, also, just real quick, we are on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok at NBNR Podcast, so go follow us. We're posting new things every single day, so get your NBNR fix by following us. We really appreciate it. All right, now for the intro. Now, Mike, you know, earlier today, you know, Mike calls me. He's like, this dude never calls me. So I'm like, oh, boy, what's wrong? What's going on? You got to find a clip of, you know, these two guys, like a famous announcer saying their name, Something happening throughout the game. And I figure, you know what? Mike's right. Because how could I do a service that I, I'll just let Keith Jackson, legendary sports announcer, do the job for us. Mike, hit it. Nebraska always seems to have a good big one. This year, it's Big Ken Kalen. The Cornhusker caissons go into high gear. In all kinds of weather, when I back Keith Jones gets loose. Right here, the tailback. We told you to look for him. Keith Enzone Jones. This is his fourth touchdown of the year. More importantly, we told you in the open that Oklahoma had not allowed a rushing touchdown all year. This is the first one of the season. That's right. We got with us a couple 80s Husker legends. We've got Keith Enzone Jones, Nebraska Football Hall of Famer. And we got Ken Kalen, 
former Husker fullback. My man. Say it again. Fullback. The first fullback Crazy. to ever come on the podcast. I'm so and excited. it's a real fullback. Look at his yeah. fucking shirt. Yeah. Look at the shirt. I love it. Corn, cows, and fullbacks. What more could you want? I almost shed yeah. a tear when I saw that shirt. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's one thing, it's one thing, Ken, for a guy like me to wear that shirt. Okay, like admittedly, I love fullbacks. I love the old school game, but to have an actual Husker like, quarter lead blocking yep. fullback. Yeah. No, no, it's it, he's not a fullback. He's a fullback. Yeah, <laughs> say it with like, your chest. Yeah, putting his putting his face in every play. I appreciate that about you, Ken. <laughs> but guys, again, I mean, I know this is I'm just kind of long winding it here, but <laughs> thank you for coming on NBNR. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. He's this guy was the get though. I told Mike that uh, if if we can't get Keith, it won't be me because. <clears throat> us fullbacks keep a low profile mm-hmm. and uh, not not many will sit down and and talk about how how great of a star we were yeah <laughs> our job well, hey. our job was making these guys look like better stars you're you know? a nose of the grindstone guy yeah did you ever break any face masks ken i mean like <laughs> i feel like that's the job as a fullback you think of a gritty fullback yours or others it's it's that yeah. breaking face mask skull crusher type of guy yeah, i remember coach solich calling me over in practice one day and and he grabbed of course reached up to grab my full because he's even shorter than me but and he looked and i the full the helmet was cracked from my forehead all the way back. <laughs> he goes you need to go in and get a new full new helmet yeah <laughs> Just so nonchalant, go get a new. So I mean, like, you mean I get out of practice for that much time? And he said, "Yeah, get in there and get that thing replaced." So, so I think through the years, most of the time, I don't think anybody even really noticed. We we didn't even notice if our helmets were cracked. Oh, that's but, that's uh, safe. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> where was it? Corey Schlesinger or whatever that went through with the Detroit Lions. I think uh-huh. he went through multiple. Yeah, so I wasn't quite to that level, but uh, we definitely. Definitely weren't throwing shoulders in there. We were definitely uh-huh. leading, definitely leading straight, straight ahead <laughs> yeah. with the forehead, yeah. And you wonder why there's been rule changes and such. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, people wonder how most of us fullbacks are still walking around and uh-huh. can talk. Yeah, according right. to all, all of yeah. the, the, the stuff with the concussions. But, but thankful that I'm healthy and... And you look good. Uh, yeah. Thank, you're yes, talking great. You're, yes. Yeah. You're talking eloquently on a podcast. You're doing well so far. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad. Not slurred speed. No yeah, teleprompter yeah, yeah. or anything. So. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Keith, I'll throw it over to you. Um, your name to the Nebraska Football Hall of Fame. Congratulations. I mean, that was back in 2004. Yeah. And so just get into what that was like getting that call to the Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, boy. For, for me, it was an honor because... Being a Nebraska boy uh, from Omaha and being a Husker fan and, and, you know, growing up and watching all the great Nebraska players over the years and to go and play in Lincoln for the Huskers and to know the history of the great players and guys who were a part of that uh, Hall of Fame uh, when I got that call, um, I was very thankful uh, to know that my name would go in there. And um, um, even when I look back today, um, I'm, I'm still a little surprised 
that I'm in there. No way. Because, you know. Ken's being, shaking his head over yeah, here. I know, I know. But, but you know, for me, um, as a running back, I wasn't a big guy, you know. Uh, my asset was my speed. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I used. And there was a lot of, a lot of people critical of me not being uh, as uh, physical a runner. But when you're this size, you know, you can only do so much. Right. And, uh, but I think with the program, the weight program, and, and by uh, this being in, in, in a, a, a practices where it was physical and, 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 and you know, you, you looking at your fullbacks and how physical they were. And as running backs, that kind of upped your game a bit, you know, seeing how physical they were. Set the tone. Set the tone, exactly. I mean, so it took, it took a few years, but I got comfortable, you know, with becoming a little bit more physical. physical. And uh, um, I was, again, honored and uh, a, a little bit surprised that I was, I was actually uh, made it into the, the Hall of Fame. Well, now Ken's—he so. keeps shaking his head. Like I feel like his neck is gonna just tighten up here. What, what's? Why are you shaking your head? He's just too humble. So, so we, being a Nebraska guy, and and he didn't play the games where I think you might have went to Washington. Where'd you go to a visit? Maybe just for fun. Didn't you go somewhere? Um, yeah, I went. But we to all Seattle. knew he was coming. I, I went to a few different places. Visit. See, we all knew he. He was just going for fun. Yeah, know, milking it a little yeah, bit. He got it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but he, one place he didn't go was Oklahoma. Yeah, no. that's right. <laughs> he said no. <laughs> but we knew, we'd heard about his speed. And um, so, like he mentioned, in one-on-ones, mm-hmm. when it's just the backs, they mix. They don't. The fullbacks don't just go against the fullbacks. The fullbacks go against the highbacks, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so Coach Solage would put us in a line. And usually it's like up front's the starters, and then you kind of go down the line. But the the eye backs will rotate right through there. And so the the big thing was with the upperclassmen mostly was, well, he's fast, but he won't be able to take a hit. Right. And so, you know, nobody knows. He doesn't know. We don't know until until we put the pads on. And but um but to the, go with the speed first, the greatest story for me with the speed is the NFL scouts had heard about it. So he's like a freshman. So the NFL scouts mm. come and test all the seniors. So any senior that has interest in playing, they'll, they'll come and test you out. So they asked Boyd Epley for permission if they could see this kid run. And so here's a dozen pro scouts with their stopwatches. And he lines up, and we're all lined up. There must have been 50 upperclassmen lined up on that 40 to see if, if this was real. Cause yeah. we're all going, it can't be real. Cause rumors were going around <laughs> that he could run a four, one <laughs> Every team, every division one top team has a four, three guy. And so he gets up there and it's silent and the, and, and he took off and these scouts were showing each other their stopwatches oh, and looking, and they went up to Boyd Epley and said, hey, you know, I don't think we made a mistake, but could you have him run it one more time? Back to back. We just want to make sure run? our clocks are right. Back to back handheld 4140. Holy wow. cow. Which electronic is 4-3. So, yeah. so Nebraska is always on the cutting edge. So everybody in the country heard he ran a 4-3. 
But everybody in the locker room knew. We yeah. knew he's a 4-1 guy, which we had never heard anything like that. So now wow. we're going, okay, okay, the speed's legit. Now we got to wait and see about the, the contact. So just like it happened, you know, how uh, Rozier would – was was there when I was when I was like freshman sophomore, so him and Roger Craig, they they hone the guys coming up. Mm-hmm. So you got Jeff Smith coming up, you got all these guys coming up. So what Keith had going for him was the '86 front runner for the Heisman, Doug DeBose, hone and Keith Jones. So Doug was the shoe in. I mean, Coach Osborne never talked about awards, but mm-hmm. he even said he was the front runner for yeah. the Heisman. So the last live scrimmage before we opened the season with Florida State, Doug DeBose blew out his knee, which means starting buyback next man the up. Nebraska Cornhuskers. Yeah. Without any – I mean, you're talking never got a red shirt, had to step into that role, and I'm a fifth-year senior, and Doug was my class. So here's this guy coming in to take on that role. I mean, that's yeah. just – and so we're all going. And it's Florida State. This isn't Wyoming right. or New Mexico State, which yeah. we usually opened with. It's Florida State, Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had great linebackers, like yeah. Bobby Bowden. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they were a great team. And so he came came in and dominated. Hell yeah. I mean, right. when you want to hit somebody and you use Frank Solich's technique, mm-hmm. you want to hit him running a 4 140. Yeah. Yeah. Because it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it hurt. the, guy, the guy that was receiving that, you can watch that that tape you were watching. You were saying you, the 86 Oklahoma, Oklahoma game. game. Already, yeah. yep. He can – so Keith bounced it outside. Their strong safety was like 6'4", 200 pounds. Keith wound around the outside and hit this guy so hard that he knocked him unconscious. <laughs> he – you know, five nine, right. one one eighty five, and you can see it on there. And the guy's like holding his shoulder, like he's because you don't want to hold your head, right? You get knocked out. Yeah. You, you know, you don't want anybody knowing you got knocked out. Oh, he knocked him out. <laughs> and so for all those naysayers, they're like, "Well, he's fast, but can he hit somebody? Can he take the hit?" And so my my love for him, we were brothers today. Um, we love we love each other's moms. Like they're our own moms. Right. I mean, it's an amazing relationship, yeah. even after 35, whatever yep. years. Yeah. But my, because to have that kind of love, the respect has to be there, you know, mm-hmm. within your friend. So my respect for him started then. And we'd see it in one-on-ones that he would never back off. He wouldn't back off the fullbacks. He wouldn't, wouldn't try to overdo it, mm-hmm. but never shied away from the contact, never, never did that. And so for me... Uh, those are the things I see. And just remembering, I mean, blood on his face. I remember, you know, uh, I think he might have had a turnover in that Oklahoma game. Nobody knew. You still have that scar on your hand? So so oh. he had surgery on his thumb before the, nobody knew the press. They kept it wow. out of the press. Right. And then they put a cast. Over, so he couldn't even hardly hold the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and so, so he, but nobody said anything about it. So he's out there, just got surgery this nasty scar and they put a cast over the top and he goes and starts that would never probably, happen in no. today's world that yeah, would no, never so, happen in so today's as far world as anybody anybody that's in the back of anybody's mind that keith jones yeah you know he was he was good but i don't know how tough he was he or was anything soft. like that i'm just i was a front row witness <laughs> sounds and, like a human bullet so. yeah. i was gonna say get hit by a bullet <laughs> yeah I'd probably suck yeah so that was that's 
that was that's the cold hard truth right there. So Keith, do you prefer Keith or Mr. Enzone? <laughs> yeah. Keith. Keith, all right, Keith. So um, going through having in your freshman year, he was saying twelve NFL scout or scouts coming mm-hmm. to see you run that forty, having an amazing performance against Florida State. Being that young, was it tough to stay humble? What was that experience kind of like? Like, how did you keep yourself grounded? You know, for me, um, going to Central High School, being around a lot of really good athletes um, prepared me, I think, for for Nebraska. Because when you get to Nebraska, I mean, there's great athletes from all over the place. So once arriving on campus, it's, it's just a matter of feeling like knowing that you belong. You know, it's not feeling, it's knowing that, okay, I can compete. And the way that Coach Osborne ran the program, the repetition, the practices, the repetition, repetition, everything became almost robotic. So you knew that if you prepared well in practice, that the games would kind of come to you. And I believed and trusted in that process. And... um so once kickoff, you know, you're just kind of in it mm-hmm. and you're just in the flow of it. And I used to tell people all the time, they say, what about the crowd? You know, how loud, you know, the fans. And, and it's amazing because you don't even, you don't hear it. You, 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 you're so in tune to the game and the plays and the execution that you don't hear any of that. Now, of course, if a touchdown is scored, you know, the fans erupt. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you're just so into it that everything else is kind of blacked out. Got tunnel vision. Tunnel yeah. vision. And, yeah, yeah it's interesting because you do hear that a lot about Coach Osborne is like during practice, it would just be drill it, drill it, drill mm-hmm. it. And t- one mistake, and, you know, I, I wasn't there, so I can't. You guys can attest to this, but if you make a mistake, do it again. Yep. Like, does that, does that sound accurate? They're very accurate. You know, and, you know, for me, especially a young guy coming in, uh, for me also, because when you're young and, and you have that initial success right off, you know, right at the beginning, for me, it was my faith also that kind of kept me focused. And, and, and I, was, I was able to um, kind of regroup because it was a lot, you know. Uh, like Ken had mentioned, you had uh, uh, Jeff Smith, uh, Doug DeBose. Um, I mean, there were some younger Paul guys Miles. who came Paul in. Miles. Yeah, Paul Miles, uh, uh, Tyrese Knox. I don't know if you guys remember that name. John yeah, Kelly. John Kelly. Of course, Ken Clark, you know, yep. who was a great, you know, uh, running back came behind me. Uh, I remember they had uh, recruited and brought in Johnny's son, Terry. Terry, Terry Rogers yep. also. Yes. So the competition was it was it was stiff, you know, um, but that's what I like about today. What Coach Rule is doing, he's getting that talent in because you you have to get to a point where you three to four guys deep, so that that competition is is on every day in practice. That's how you get better, and that's how as a team you get to that point where you can compete with anybody. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Well, I, I told these guys like a few weeks ago, I, I would be watching these games from the 80s and the 90s, and I, I don't mean to be the guy who just lives in the past and the glory days and all that, but when you watch 
the Huskers of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, like, they played differently. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys played, we use the term dogs. Yeah. Dogs. Like, every, every position, you guys had dogs. Yeah. And the mentality was so apparent. Mm-hmm. And, like, you watch modern Nebraska football, and it's like, what? Has the game changed that much? Is that coaching? Did you guys come into the program with that dog mentality? Like, how was that bred throughout the program for so long? Can't go ahead and answer that. Well, easy question. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't we at dogs anymore? <laughs> and that's spelled D A W G. Right. Yeah, exactly. Emphasis on the owl. Oh, oh. Yeah. You know. Well, it was become a dog or die. Right. I mean, you're get cut. I mean, you didn't have a choice. And one of those trivia questions about me is people don't know is I was an eye back. So remember they had freshman team back in that day. Mm-hmm. So the starting backfield eye backs was Doug DeBose was the starter and I was his backup. So I was the eye back. And uh, <clears throat> just like he said, I knew that I could be a senior and they could recruit a Herschel Walker type of a mm-hmm. guy that would play as a freshman or sophomore. And so I, I looked at uh, if I wanted to play, um, I probably need to, and Coach Solich, we talked about this, I need to, but, but I weighed 190 pounds. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the toughness for me had to happen or I didn't have a chance. So I think, I don't think you can take a super mellow guy and, and, get them to that level. So you have to have a little of that in you mm-hmm. when you're, when you're younger in high school, but they'll, they'll find it. They can tell. <laughs> and, uh, and if you don't, when you're going ones, one ones against Tom Rathman every day, which I had to do for, oh. for three years. Yeah, that, yeah. Might, that might do it. As his right. ba- I always tell people that I'm just glad he wasn't a year younger or I would have been a backup my whole time. <laughs> because, but the stuff that, that I learned from him as far as toughness goes, um, you had to be tough to survive. Mm-hmm. And, and Keith is a great example of that because, I mean, I never had somebody f- flat out or the media or anybody or whispers if I was tough enough. Right. He had to experience that. You right. know, he had to hear, I mean, he won the, he won the, the big eight indoor sprint championship for the track team, yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. oh, he's a track guy, you know? And uh, yeah. so he had to overcome that kind of stuff. And, and for me, you just, when you get hit out there, it's like a car wreck. I mean, it, it hurts so bad deep down inside your chest cavity that, cause you don't ever get, you don't get hit by one guy. You get hit by two, three, four guys. You can watch some of those films and you see, oh, yeah. you see guys coming and, um, and it's, so if you're not tough, then you're not going to last very long. You'll get smart and go try something else. Were you a 4 2 40 guy or what? I mean, I know he's 4 1. I didn't know. Probably maybe like a 4 2. Well, I, thankfully, my mom had, a, had kept a scrapbook because nobody would believe this stuff. But when I was, I was 180 pounds. So I was, I ran a 4 5. That's, that's handheld. So that would be, that would be, you know, for him, that's his, that's his 4 3. You know, yeah. I was, that's his so fast I, walk. I didn't run a 4. I, was, I wasn't running a 4 3. I was running a 4 5. But, but, um, but no, when I put on fifty pounds, then it went to like four seven. There you go. <laughs> right, That's still pretty decent. Still pretty it's decent. Not bad for a fullback. No. <laughs> Would you believe I ran a four four? Oh God. 
You shouldn't. I'm, I, you, shouldn't yeah. you shouldn't believe that. You're pretty lean. <laughs> he had the wind at his back. I, I'm and lean, it was but not fast. There's <laughs> a jet engine behind him. Actually. Yeah. It's <laughs> catapulted. Speaking of, you know, breeding that toughness in the program, and I, I think a lot of that would probably have to do with just something as simple as the style of play that you guys had. Yeah. To, I mean, that's what T.O. ran yeah. was a lot of eye formation, a lot of running game. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays it's not as much that, and you're seeing kind of your old position can become a, kind of like the dodo bird, distinct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there are some teams that still utilize the fullback, but you are seeing the new head coach Matt Rule talk about the fullback. Um, do you think that he means what he says when he says he wants to use the fullback, or he knows it's like catnip? I when I heard about that fullback only camp they were doing yeah i texted ron brown because you know ron brown ran the backs he was the back coach for a yeah. while yeah oh, yeah and i said is this legit he goes oh yeah it's legit oh yeah he goes come down <laughs> oh yeah did, did you, you go down? down oh yeah well, nice yeah. Yeah. there we go were you when impressed I, once i heard it was legit <laughs> did you see the young like kens down? 60 kids that were dying to play fullback i thought there'd be like 10 kids because it's been, right. Gene, you know, Janovich was probably the last legit oh, yeah. recruited yeah. fullback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, when I walk, and then of course all their parents, because were there, dropped them off. And, and so the whole upper part of the, of the indoor workout facility was full of people. And, and, uh, and so I thought, uh, and Coach Rule, he just introduced himself, said how happy he's to be there, said all those right things he's been saying. Oh, yeah. And then he handed the microphone to Ron Brown. And, and then Ron Brown turned He can steal loose. the show. <laughs> yeah. Ron Brown can he, steal the show very there's quickly. There's no helmets yeah. or shoulder pads or anything. And Ron's out there showing him how to, how to hit a dummy. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah. Like you said a dummy. <laughs> you want to be a fullback. They didn't ask you to run any reps for him or uh, no? Well, I was hiding up in the – because I, I was kind of thinking he might – and later he told me, he says, where was you at? I was going to have you come down. I thought, yeah. And then I'd just separate my shoulder. <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> you know, you still – mentally you still think you got it. Yeah. And physically you don't got it. Right. So so you might get confused and go down there and hit a dummy or something that'd be it. But but um but that I think it's legit. I think coach Rule was like, "How do I shut these people up? Keep coming up saying you're going to bring the fullback." I know. Let's do a fullback only football game. Right. Yeah. I mean, and like Ron announced that deal. He said this is the only far we've checked nobody has ever done a fullback only football camp. That's and he incredible. said, where else to do it than at the fullback U, yeah. Nebraska yeah. University Cornhuskers. And it was like, you could just mm. didn't sound like a game day. The, the parents were screaming and yeah. you know, these kids were down there. And there's all these eight-man kids and, and these small-town kids that, that our dream was to get in there and block for guys like this. I mean, that's, that's the – you watch them on TV, and, and, um, and it was just a long line of guys from small towns that – that uh, the, this is what you, you're looking at, a four- or five-star recruit. Back in our day, they didn't have – they called them blue-chip recruits blue and chip. stuff, yep. Doug DeBose and Rougier. But, see, these are the guys that we all, at the football camps in the summer, we'd be like, oh, wow, there's Keith Jones or Stan Parker or, or those kind of guys. And um, so the fullback, I think it's legit, and I think they're going to give it a shot. And, you know, I, I talked to him once, which – course uh he wouldn't remember but uh but coach rule he goes just be patient with us so i think we have to be patient and and just let them 
let them understand like the the when you're going against Wisconsin and Ohio State, Michigan, those linebackers are nasty are coming yeah. in. Yeah. And and if you start running ISOs, which is which is what we what we had to run a 44 46 ISO, you got to move these guys out of the hole. So you can't just have some tough, you know, guy go in there cuz he may hit them with everything he's got, but it's like hitting a brick wall. You right. got to have guys <laughs> yeah. that have leverage, and they got to know. Because for me, there is some, some of those guys. Because I'm, I want to make this clear right off the bat. I was an average Division One player, so that's that's just the facts. But Nebraska had a lot of those. You know, three fourths mm-hmm. of the team, even though we were ranked in the top ten almost every year, three fourths of the team were Nebraska kids that were average Division One players. Yeah. So when I would hit those guys, I just knew I had to just turn them. If, if I couldn't put them on their back, you know, you could tell as the game wore on how tough some of these guys are. You just – you got to go in there and root them out yeah. or you got to at least be able to hit them enough to turn them. And you can't do that when you're weighing like 200, 210. You got to be – and you got to have leverage. So, so that, that fullback, we got to be patient and let Coach Rule and his staff recruit these kids and and get these these bulldozers in there. That's what we are. We're just slow-moving bulldozers that, like like I used to joke with Keith, all I had to do was be fast for five yards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he took care of the rest, ahead, right? Stay ahead of the fastest Husker history for five yards. And believe me, that wasn't easy even for five yards. <laughs> right, right. Well, so, you, I mean, he's on your butt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And right. I mean, you guys have said two things now that kind of resonate with current you know, Nebraska football fans in the era that we're in. And that is, you guys are talking about, well, he's a, everybody was kind of looking at you and saying, oh, well, he's a track guy. Is he going to be good enough to take the hits? Is he going to be enough to power through people? And then you're talking about average D1 football players and having the whole team full of them and you guys still being ranked in the top 10 in the nation. So with that, Right now, the narrative with Coach Rule and these guys is that, hey, look at their recruiting. It seems like they're pulling out a guy, a bunch of guys that don't have a whole lot of stars after their name, and you know nobody really knows about these guys, and they're finding a lot of track stars. So you guys are kind of talking about like what it looked like back then and what it's starting to look like right now and some of the same like criticism that they're receiving. Um, but I just think it's interesting. You guys have mentioned that now, both of them, and now that's kind of what we're looking at through the media and the current – like present state of Nebraska football. Yeah. It's just so, oh, sorry. Uh, Ken, you mentioned, you know, you, you wanted to go out and block for guys like Keith. Oh, yeah. You wanted to. Mm-hmm. So you said, you know, sometimes uh, going out and blocking some of these really, really physical guys that, at, like, you just wanted to at least move them, turn them. Yeah. Was there one block where you stood back up and you were mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, that was awesome? <laughs> like, is there one block yeah. in there's, particular? There's more than one. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, you know that on Monday we had to go through film with Coach Solich. Of course. Oh, yeah. So who per square inch is maybe the toughest man on the whole planet. <laughs> he was a fullback himself. He's tough. Yeah. He's tough. He's a small guy, but he's tough. And he, and he wouldn't take, you know, you, there's no excuses. So, you know, we had to go through, through uh, film with him. And, and it would be if you didn't. There'd be no, no, it didn't matter if it was Brian, Brian Bosworth was this, he, two years in a row, the Buckus Award winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even though he didn't pan out in the pros, in college, back to back, 
That was the dude. He was the number one linebacker yeah. in the nation. The dominator. Yeah. And yeah. my junior year, when Rathman was going against him, I was watching, you know, because I would, I would spend 90% of the time watching when Rathman was playing. Yeah, watching the bloodbath. I'd go give yeah. him a breather. Rathman would give me a little, like, wave, <laughs> and I'd go give him a breather. But, but then we'd talk about this Bosworth guy on the sideline, and, and Rathman, of course, just wanted more. You know, he, yeah. he just he wanted more. Get a piece of him all on the more. Well, then the next year when I was the starter and Bosworth was the second year Buckus Award winner, and I'm this dirt clod from Westerville, Nebraska, thinking, is he going to like knock me unconscious on national TV? <laughs> you, know, you, just don't, you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, because, you know, you know, there's nothing real special about you, but but that guy there, there's something special about him. And and <clears throat> right off the bat. Do you remember it oh, yeah. in the hotel room when you come over? Yep. So Stan Parker yep. and I were roommates. He's our offensive captain, offensive guard. So we were roommates, and Keith would usually come over to our room uh, the night before the game, and we'd watch the local sports to see yeah. how our high school teams did, yep. you know, yeah, and then, and just hanging out. <clears throat> but the whole sports that night before the Oklahoma game was Brian Bosworth. Boss. That's the all boss. they were talking. Yeah. He was just on there for yeah. ten minutes, and he goes, he goes, uh, and remember the, our junior year. Down in Oklahoma, they they slaughtered us like 20, 27 to seven. And yeah. Chris Spockman, that's our a slaughter. Tackle, yeah, I wish we could say that's a slaughter now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. Chris Chris Spockman, our defensive tackle, ripped the ball out of a running back's hand and ran it, it thirty yards for a touchdown. That was our only, only score. score. Yeah, <laughs> at the last, at like no the last field minute. goal. Yeah, no touchdown or nothing. Yeah. So they they manhandled us. It was horrible. Yeah. Down in Norman. So Bosworth is on there with all these guys. He's got his orange hair, you know, going. Mm -hmm. And he looks at the camera and he goes, yeah, last year we slaughtered these guys. And they had, last year they had Rathman and DeBose. And he looked right at the camera and he goes, this year they got nothing. (laughs) And he and I were sitting on the end of our bed waiting for the scores to come. And he was talking to us. Oh, well, yeah, because he so, mentioned the backs from oh, last year, and yes, now this year it's yes, like yes. Yeah. Rathman and DeBose, and yep. this year they got nothing. And we, <laughs> yep. and I'm just, I looked at Keith, and I'm just thinking, this is not good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tomorrow could be a very bad day for me. <laughs> oh, but see, boy. Tom Osmer, Frank Solich, the fundamentals of football. Yep. It doesn't matter yep. who you are. If if you're the starter for Nebraska, or even in the top three. You can get the job done. And, and to me, that was what you fell back on. And, and I remember the first – I can still remember the first play of the game. It was a 49 pitch, which is 100% my responsibility on the onside linebacker. And guess who the onside linebacker was? Boss. Brian Bosworth. Yeah, yeah, of boss. course. Yeah. And you can see him jumping up into the line. And he claimed he knew a lot of our plays, which – Almost everybody knew our well, plays. Well, you, right. you could tell them the right, play and try to stop it, right? The, yeah. the offense yeah. was run it through your face mask. Yeah. That's right. So I cut him. He's landed on his face in the in the backfield, and he's, he picked up a five, six-yard gain on the number one defense in the nation. And we knew. I think when we got back to the huddle, we're like, gone. Game on. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Right. This is it. And yeah. then we scored. I don't know if it was that drive or the drive was, right after. Right. Second drive. Second drive. The, number, the only running touchdown – on them the whole season since the bowl game. Yep. And it was, it was, I, I don't know. I can't remember if it was, a, uh, I know it was to the left. Yeah. And I remember going, going down into the, into the pit 
<laughs> Peter Bosworth. <laughs> the other guy was really good. His name was Migliazzo. He, I think he was drafted yeah. a little and played a little bit, but, but uh, he was great too. And then the crowd, when he talked about the crowd, that's what, I mean, you can imagine. Oh, everybody yeah. knew we were, that this could be a tough day. Right. And I mean, the place went nuts. Yeah. And we're standing up going, knowing that we just scored on the number one defense. And, but, you know, Bosworth and their defensive ends were like 230-pound cats. Right. I mean, you couldn't yeah. – when we'd run pass plays, which thankfully wasn't very often, <laughs> yeah. but trying to get a piece of these guys. They were, they were the athletes that, that we recruited in the 90s. You know, these – they could jump right over the top of you. You're, mm-hmm. you're sitting there trying to do pass pro these guys, and, and they were just – they could jump over the top of you yeah, or they, run right through you. They were number one defense in the, in the country at the time. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so there were there were many of those many of those plays that uh, my bell was ringing pretty hard <laughs> when I'd go back to the huddle. But thankfully, I'd, I'd always get a pat on the back from from one of my teammates. Yeah. So that that Boz thing was kind of bullet bullet board material. Did did Tom use that at all? I mean, he so quiet, you know, um, and. And Frank did, and did either of those guys use that as bullet board material or, or any? I mean, anything really? Uh, yeah, really, right. anything or no? Did they ever say like, "Oh, this is what they're saying about you"? Nothing like that. It was just, nope. nope. Just take care of business. Yep. I well, do we, what you do. Yeah, we knew what we had to do, you know, and uh, that's how we prepared during the week. You know, it, it wasn't, you know, what the other team was going to do. The neat thing was Coach Osborne, uh, was it? Right. Was it Friday? Yeah, Friday nights before the game, he would. Uh, we have offense, we have defense. He would write down every goal of the offense: how many yards we want to rush, how many passing yards, um, turnovers, turnovers. Uh, so it was it was very pinpointed, and everybody who was sitting in that meeting and watching him go through what the expectations were, uh, we knew we had to deliver. Because come Monday, yeah. we were going to go back to his goals that he set, <laughs> and we were going to review them and see if we met the task. And so uh, I think setting those type of parameters and expectations, it, it was just good for your psyche every week going to battle. Right. Now, that, that's perfect because we do have to take a break. Yeah. Oh, um, can I really quick, can I add one more question onto that? Sure. What was it like if you didn't meet those goals? It, what, was, it wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't good. Well, because the big the big thing was you knew that there was another guy who was waiting to to meet, meet those, those goals expectations. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so yeah. Okay. okay. Let's well, let's let's take a quick little break, and we'll be back. Are you looking to buy or sell land? Well, I'm Tyler Johnson with American Legacy Land Company. I help landowners sell their land to the right buyer. I also help buyers find their ideal piece of property from farm or ranch ground to recreational property or development ground. You can give me a call at 402-616-5801. Once again, Tyler Johnson with American Legacy Land Company. We have a saying, no blog, no rock. Thanks, Troy. All right, Connor, you and... Ken, were waxing poetic during the break. We were. Make us privy to that conversation, if you will. <laughs> so uh, we were talking about that Nebraska-Oklahoma game that we ended that first half on. And we were talking about Bosworth and, you know, what it was like being in that game. 
But Ken, you were telling me about, um, you know, Osborne wasn't really that bulletin board guy, didn't want to make any of these opposing players, like lift them up to something that they weren't. But you told me about uh, what the offensive linemen were doing to kind of hype themselves up leading up to that game. Can you, can you tell the listeners? Yeah. So Stan Parker would say not all the offensive linemen are doing this, but, <clears throat> you know, I, I think Bosworth, I can't remember how many times he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. You know, that's, that's a pretty big deal. Oh, yeah. Well, he was on there more than once. So I remember, so I was number 49. So my row, I was the first guy in the row of line, because you're in there, you're, it goes by numerical order. Mm -hmm. oh, so yeah. the last row is 50 on up. So I was, I was in the row, and, and it's okay for a fullback to be in the lineman row. That's not a stretch. But right. uh, so I'm in line with all these. Next to me was Dave Remington's empty locker because his, his number was retired. Back in those mm -hmm. days, you know, they didn't, they didn't play the, the retired jersey. And so, but down the line, so these guys' lockers would be open. And they would have cut out the cover of the Sports Illustrated. These guys are all like 270, 280. <laughs> Bosworth was a little guy to them. Right. And they had the article cut out and taped in the door of their lockers. Huh. And they couldn't wait to get a piece of it. Mm -hmm. And that battle, as we would always say, that the reason we were ahead with a minute 20 left was those guys. Those guys. Love it. Those guys would be crawling on their hands and knees to get a piece of Brian Bosworth. Those guys, they were just road graders. You know, our, our linemen, some of them were like McCormick, those guys, 6'2". Mm -hmm. Stan Parker was 6'5". Was he was a legit-looking lineman, but our guys were 6'2", 280. Undersized. You know, we had, oh, we had guys that were just, and they were just built to blow holes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like having a hybrid fullback in front of the fullback. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it, was, it was a crazy thing. And, and so I would just get a kick out of that that week when Coach Osborne didn't like any of that kind of stuff. So they, you know, they shut their, shut their, their uh, locker door. <laughs> but, uh, but that was, that was how, because, you know, you're still 20-year-olds, you know, 22-year-olds, and, and you're just, that mentality that they had when they got recruited to Nebraska, there was a reason. I mean, those linemen that got recruited to Nebraska was a different breed as well. Right. I mean, the pipeline, those guys are elite. Mm -hmm. And uh, our guys were, were, uh, were elite in their own way. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they were, yeah, they, they were guys, you know, most of the time it's the defensive line. They're the nasty guys. The offensive line are more mellow. Mm -hmm. back. Yeah, that's kind of a you know at Nebraska that was kind of kind of up in the air which one was which <laughs> <Yeah>. right because <laughs> they they could both they could both get after it um, but uh, but yeah that was one of the the stories where Coach Osborne wouldn't be putting up anybody's picture on anything or mention even mentioning the name but uh, but he would but but the lineman might yeah <laughs> so you mentioned after that game that you had an interaction with Brian Bosworth as well yeah okay so. Uh, you know, I t told you the story about we're not, you know, how he said we're nothing. Yeah. And so I'm sure he was thankful for a day off, you know, that he was going to just be able to, mm -hmm. you know, he did. I'm sure he had trouble even figuring out how did this guy even get to play for Nebraska? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but we just kept going and you can watch those films and it's all, it's all the coaching. Coach Solich was 
when you do, when you do uh, to the right, when we do a pitch, you know, our rule was onside linebacker. Your rule was six inches above the outside knee. Mm. That's how precise this guy was. So it isn't just go in there and blast somebody. You you would go and you're you're going and the flow is going and and Steve Taylor and Keith Jones are doing their job by they, they're trying to tell if it's it's a fake or play action, and so our job was to go hunt those guys down and and we were taught to do it no matter who was over there, and um, there were many times where I would hit him and he would make some comment or something just not 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 degrading he just like jeez. Yeah, <laughs> and that wasn't that wasn't Ken Kalen. That was the training. We could have all top of us top three guys yeah. could have went in there yeah. and done the same thing. Yeah. And um, so so I know I was beat up after the game, and I usually usually would go find the linebackers uh, and tell them good game. But it was uh, I didn't even I don't think I rotated out the whole game. So so I was in there every play. So it was pretty rough. I just kind of wanted to get to the locker room. So I was kind of down at that end. We we were at the south end back in those days. So I was almost under the stadium and just just focusing on getting to the door. And somebody grabbed my jersey, which kind of of didn't want to really chat with anybody, and turned around, and it was Bosworth. He had run all the way down to find me. And he's just staring. And I know he was looking at me trying to figure out, is this the – this short stuff is this the yeah. guy that's been kicking <laughs> my, my ass helmet off, you know? <laughs> and he goes, "Wait," he says, "Wow, man, way to hit out there." And I said, "Way to hit out there, Brian." Yeah. <laughs> and um, and so it was just, uh, and of course, it didn't soak in until later that because by the end of the game, you're just going these guys. Because plus, the other thing is, we had Mark Munford mm-hmm. and Kevin Parsons, right? And so. Pretty good. So that's yeah, and yeah. we had Danny Noonan, yeah, Neil Neil Smith, Smith. Broderick, and, and, and then his like yeah. he, kind of his brother was even though he's a full ride guy, Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. Lee, his nickname was Killer, yeah. Killer Jones. And so <laughs> Lee, Lee was having yeah. to compete with these <laughs> these all American guys. We had rotation, and yeah. so we went against that. And and another thing back in the Coach Osborne day, <laughs> it could be game week. You know how they don't they put everybody in green jerseys and and they don't let them go live. Oh yeah, this would be game week. So Mondays usually light you recover. So like on a Wednesday, Wednesday. practice, yep. Coach Osborne would come out okay with the team meeting mm-hmm. all of you together defense offense because well okay fellas we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and go eight nine ten plays ones <laughs> against ones. So that their hand rub and everything. Third, yeah, he'd be doing this. <laughs> And all I could do is my mind just went blank. <laughs> because even though Oklahoma was number one in the nation, our defense was Yeah, just off. as good. Yes. Yeah. And so we had to, so we'd go out there for practice during game week and go live. Oh yeah. And I mean you're talking, you're talking Noonan and all these guys, the linebacker Mark Munford, I mean, we're talking Elite players, Broderick Thomas, Neil Smith, mm-hmm. all these guys. And then you'd be, yeah. and then, and, but then you got Kenny Kalen on the other side from Westerville. <laughs> what would you call yourself? Least, the dirt clod? Least, yeah, the dirt clod from Westerville. <laughs> I'm trying to think if Coach Osborne called me that, or maybe he called me a hay shaker. I can't yeah. remember what you Get the merch you, made. But you would, that's, that's what was another edge we had was our defenses were always so good. 
and we went live. You know, the mellow uh, Tom Osborne is so nice and mellow and stuff. Yeah, he yeah, comes yeah. out there and says, basically, you guys are going to kill each other right. right in the middle of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to oversee every gonna, second of it. Yep. <laughs> and then he's going to be going like this back and forth. Well, Kenny... You know, uh, you might have, I think, I think Mark Munford got past you on this, you know, you might wow. have to that <laughs> So a question that, cause after all these games I've been watching in the past, I would have to say that Broderick Thomas is definitely a guy that stands out to me. Jeez. And you know, they call him a Sandman cause he would put running backs asleep. Did he ever do that to you guys? Like during practice, did you ever go night night after Broderick hit? No, no, no. Okay. Oh. no. And, and I, I think, um, you know, when Ken was talking about ones against ones, when he said his mind would just go blank because it, it was just that overall competitive edge that you knew each week. I mean, you, you, you knew Wednesdays was going to be that time. And if it didn't happen, which very rarely it didn't happen as right. far as ones against ones, um, that was still a part of that preparation, you know? So, and when we ran those live plays, most of what we ran was inside run drills. I mean, so for, for it was an advantage for us yeah. because Broderick played on the outside. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so we never, we never really had to climb. Well, you still had Neil, you still had Neil in there yeah, and Danny. Yeah. yeah. And Neil and Danny on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, the famous narrative has always been you practice so hard during the week, Saturdays make it feel like it's easy. Yeah, walk in the park. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, did you guys have – Yeah, I just yeah. want – so, Keith, uh, at the break, I was talking to you kind of a little bit about your upbringing and, and like, that competitiveness that you have. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I, I asked you, I was like, were, were you a competitive guy then? Like, 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 who was your biggest critic? Was it yourself? Like, what, what brought that to you as being, like, a, a track guy, a gold medalist in high school, like, type – Type speed, like what? What brought you? Well, it, it, to it, game days for me. It all started uh, in my neighborhood growing up. I mean, I had two older brothers uh, who were really good athletes, and and so the, the competition was was fierce daily, just around the house in the neighborhood. You know, playing sports, um, and then I had there was guys in the neighborhood, a bunch of young men in our neighborhood that that played sports. And I was one of the younger ones, but I was always competing mm-hmm. with, with a lot of the older guys. So a lot of that, I think, prepared me. So by the time I got to Central High School, uh, you know, the competition uh, mentality was there to be uh, really competitive. Uh, and then it just kind of grew from there. And uh, I, I wasn't a guy that talked a lot. And I, I always believed in your action speaks louder. Mm-hmm. Than, I like than that what a lot. Say. And, and so that's kind of how I, I uh Try to carry myself and how I tried to play the sport. Where'd you get the nickname? Hmm. Where did it come? Was it high school? Was it, it childhood? It, Where was it? It came in high school. Okay. And uh, 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 one of my teammates' uh, name was Bruce. Uh, Bruce Cullum. Uh, he was a younger guy. And uh, when I started having some success uh, in, in football, uh, they were uh, given all kind of different nicknames. And then Bruce came up with end zone. And, and that kind of stuff. I like that. Yeah. That is yeah. the, that's gotta be one of the best it's, nicknames I've ever heard. Yeah. And it just fits so well. Yeah. yeah. When you score over 30 touchdowns in, <laughs> yeah. in division one football, that, yeah, that kind of sticks. Yeah. Well, sure I, was, does. I was looking at your numbers and comparing them to past running back. I mean, you go down the list of guys that came mm-hmm. before you and it's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, and you, 
see your touchdown numbers. You didn't have any receiving touchdowns. Right. But when it comes to like the amount of rushing touchdowns and you the ratio of the amount of attempts that you got, yeah. it wasn't as many. Yeah. But you were still top ten in touchdowns. Yeah. But you didn't have as many touches as like a Mike Rogier. Yeah. Or an Amir Abdullah. Don't blink. So <laughs> you, did, you did your homework. Yeah. 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 Well, see, you know. Well, speaking of doing homework, like you, you kind of stole my question because I had read <laughs> that um, during UCLA in '87, you had fumbled a few times mm-hmm. and you got benched mm-hmm. during the UCLA game. Best thing that could have happened. To I was going to go, go into that. I was going to like you hear a lot about accountability and. Mm-hmm. Uh, this old staff didn't hold guys accountable. That's why they sucked. Well, hey, Matt Rule's here. Accountability's great. Yeah. Best accountability guy ever, right? So I was just, you know, your question about just making a mistake and being held accountable yep. and yep. knowing that you have guys behind you that, I mean, did take your spot for a game. Absolutely. And, and uh, going into that game against UCLA uh, my senior year, and uh, UCLA had a running back by the name of Gatson Green. And uh, going into that game was a bunch of hype. Uh, I think UCLA was number three in the country. I think we were like number two uh, at the time. And I, I lost focus in that game, you know. And, and uh, I think Coach Solich knew. Uh, Coach Osborne definitely knew. And, and they benched me. And I remember feeling humiliated. But when you take the responsibility and the onus of your performance – uh, I remember going into Coach Osborne's office uh, that Monday morning, and Coach Osborne asked me, he said, what was going on, you know? And I told him, I said, Coach, uh, I, I, mentally, I just wasn't, I wasn't there mm-hmm. mentally. And I told him, I, was, I think I was more so caught up in uh, kind of what Gaston Green was going, what he was doing. And, and, and either trying to match what he was doing. So it was, it was more of, in my mind, it was more of, I got to do better than Gatson Green. Mm. And that's what I told Coach Osborne. I said, Coach, that's, that's what my mind was. And um, he told me then, he said, okay. He, he said, he said we're going we're gonna to give you another shot. And uh, that following week, I, I believe we went out to Arizona. Arizona, Arizona State. State. Yep. Yeah. You had that big, like, 90-yard run at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and I, I, I'll never forget, number one, that UCLA game, which I think actually benefited me uh, um, from the mistakes that I made and actually benefited me the rest of the season going forward, you know, to be able to be focused and, and, and locked in on uh, – executing and doing what I needed to do so yeah it's an interesting concept like well yeah I'm focused about matching this guy or getting this stat or going for this award but I'm not going to do it if I'm not focused on the field because I'm going to be sitting on the sidelines you're not going to do anything over there exactly you can't focus on somebody else you got to focus on what brought you there and focus on being Keith not being Gaston Gaston (laughs) no right or Mike and and you you would think I would have known that because this was my senior year right and it's just that moment, it was that matchup in that moment um, kind of got away from me. But like I said, it prepared me not only for the rest of that season, but my career even after Nebraska is, mm-hmm. as far as how to be prepared and uh, how to go out and be focused on what your execution needs to be 
because on the professional level, um, I mean, if, if, if you think college is competitive, mm-hmm. you know, that professional level, if it, you know, you, you can get cut after one practice right? Yeah. on a professional level. So in your practices, you have to be locked in. So, yeah, you'll get benched and not get another shot. Absolutely. You won't even, you'll be called into the coach's office, but yeah. you'll be, you'll be cut. Th- you'll be going home. Right. Yeah. So um, you yeah. played Cleveland and Dallas, correct? Uh, I was actually drafted by the Rams. By the Rams. The LA Rams, and then I uh, went to uh, uh, Cleveland uh, as, a, as a plan B free agent. The, all the free agency that they got going on today, uh, my rookie year uh, was when they first started implementing free agency, but they called it plan B free agency because it was just kind of a, a preliminary um, process that they was just going to try. They weren't really going to commit completely to free agency, but plan B was just trying to uh, kind of got the ball rolling. So I yeah. went to Cleveland as a plan B free agent, and uh, then I ended up in Dallas, Cowboys. So uh, not franchise related at all. Which city did you prefer, Cleveland or Dallas? Oh, boy. You, you know, I, I think the most success was in Cleveland. Yeah. You know, going to the AFC Championship and uh, playing against uh, the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the AFC Championship to go to Super Bowl. So that was probably the most successful, um, most success I had. But in Dallas, when, when, I, when I got in Dallas, there was something really special brewing there. Yeah. And, and I could tell that once I got there, um, they had signed Emmett. They drafted Emmett, Emmett yeah. Smith, and then uh, had drafted a few other guys. And... Uh, uh, I actually got injured in a training camp, uh, ACL, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, ended up missing that season and then coming back for that next season. Uh, I think that would have been 92. Um, Dallas went on a run. And uh, I think they won their first – I think they won the first Super Bowl in 93. I believe 93 so. 93 or 94. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, Jimmy Johnson was building something special, and, and you could you could tell that that was going to be a special team. Jimmy Johnson is one of those coaches I hold up as. There are very few examples of guys that succeed as a college coach and mm. an NFL coach. Jimmy mm. Johnson is always my first example. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. yeah. Pete Carroll, another. Yeah. Um, if you exclude the Reggie Bush payments, whatever. Right. <laughs> I do. Yeah. We're paying athletes now anyway. Yeah, Pete Carroll on. gets a pass. Yeah. Um. I mean, this is kind of the last thing I have. If you guys want to come in later, but um. So Nebraska, 70, 71, 94, 95, 97. However, the winningest team of the 1980s, you guys had the most wins out of everybody, not Florida State, not Miami, not Texas, not Oklahoma, Nebraska, right? Come on. (laughs) We hate Texas. 2009 will forever burn. Yeah. A lot of other years, too. Yeah. Um, Mostly 09 for me. But... Winning his team of the 80s, but no national championships. And there was even a time there where Tom Osborne's job was yep. in jeopardy. Like, there was rumors about him going to Colorado in the late 70s, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys ever feel that pressure? Like, you guys win a lot. You know, you can, you can beat Colorado, but Oklahoma, because through 84 through 87, didn't beat them once. Mm-hmm. And so, did you guys ever feel that pressure when it came to November? It's like we got to deliver for coach or any type of pressure like that. we got to win a natty or else. <laughs> well, after that Oklahoma game, 
I was feeling sorry for myself because I was, I was, uh, it was a tough game. And um, I was feeling sorry for myself until Coach Osborne walked in the locker room. And uh, it, it kind of chokes me up even to this day because you just wanted to win it for him mm. more than yourself because of all the crap that he had to deal with, that he couldn't win the big one. And, um, you know, that's us. He can't win it. It's us. And I just remember trying to, like, breathe and, like, leaning against the locker and sliding down and just taking deep breaths and then and thinking, how, a minute 20 left and we had the lead. I mean, how did this happen? And we had time. We could have went down and scored. Wasn't the defense's fault. It was mm-hmm. it was the team's fault, and uh, and then Tom walks in like white as a sheet, just gave everything that he could give, and he knew we could win it. He was mm-hmm. the one. He was like the only guy I think in the country thought we could yeah. win. Yeah, he really yeah. really believed it. Yeah, and uh, and then so he comes in and uh, walks in there, and we're all staring at him. He goes, "Well, fellas, let's take a knee and pray," and I I can still remember just. Just thinking, are you kidding me? I mean, it was just to see this guy. It's one thing to, for people to live a certain way in life, you know, and when things are going good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but to know the media, the press in, in Nebraska, they're, they're small, small. It's small, but the media is, when it comes to sports, Nebraska football. It's a really bubble. It. Yeah. So he's just yeah. going to get, he is just, and then the, and then the national media is like, when are they going to get rid of him? And, yeah. And, um, but that, I can remember that and um, just how after that game, I mean, it was just, uh, that was, that was an example of, of how, uh, how that went down. And, and Coach Osborne, you know, he, he was such a great leader, still is, but just such a great leader that all these players would follow him into battle in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I'm talking, the first round draft choice guys, the guys that played in the NFL for a long time, mm-hmm. they feel the, the, the average walk on guy, the dirt clod to the, guy. To the number one guys, <laughs> yeah. they would all line up, just line up behind coach Osborne and say, what do you, what do you want us to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned that first national championship in 94. Um, and I can remember, um, you know, I can't say we were all disappointed for not winning one for, for coach. But when they won it in 94, mm-hmm. you know, as a former player, there was just a, a certain amount of pride, you know, that you felt. And you really felt great for him mm-hmm. and, the, and his staff, not just him, because he had a staff that was, was, was with him for years. And uh, so when they finally won it in 94 and then in 95, of course, uh, you just felt elated, you know, as, as former players and, and, and prideful, of course. Well, you guys laid the – Groundwork. You guys built that foundation for the, all that to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And you guys are the first guys. I, I told Keith this when he walked in the door. You're the first guys that we've been able to get from the '80s. We've had we yeah. had Johnny yeah. from the '70s. We had nobody from the '80s. We had a couple guys from the '90s and tons of guys from the 2000s. Mm-hmm. But the groundwork was laid in the '80s, and I'm so glad that we were able to to get the backfield from the 86 team. Yeah. We that talk is about, incredible. We talk about all the time building a programs like building a house. Yeah. Build the foundation first. That was you guys. Yeah. yeah. 
You, you put while the still winning win tons Hatties. of games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay, guys. I mean, do you have anything else? I guess or- one one more thing I want to talk before we before we wrap up is just okay. It's a new era. The rule era is here. What is your I guess what is your expectations going into the rule era? What's something that you guys are looking for, or, or what's something that you're excited for going into the rule era? Well, for for me, the first thing that I was really looking for was keeping home guys here. Yeah, yeah. making sure we sign the talent from from Nebraska. And once I start seeing him do that, um, I, I got more excited about, you know, what's to come. Because you, you got to get the best talent at home. Uh, because for me, I know when we were playing, when you were getting really good talent from out of state and they were coming in, you got to understand the mentality of players that come in from out of state, when they come here, they come in to play. Mm-hmm. And they think they're good enough to come here and play. If they didn't, they wouldn't come. Mm-hmm. So when you're bringing the best talent in and then you're keeping the best talent at home, that's a recipe for success. Because every damn practice, you're going to be competing against the best. I mean, so when I saw that, to me, that's, that's like ground level. That's where you kind of start. And I think he's, he's doing that. Mm-hmm. Ken, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah I think – one of the things I'm looking forward to the most is when it's third and one, we don't drop back in the shotgun. I love oh, that. Oh, Best yes. answer ever. Pumping in my veins. <laughs> what's, what's this thing called? No block, no rock. That's right. Yeah. You know it. So, so, uh, so I think we're going to see a little bit of that, a little uh, nose to the grindstone. and Keep it simple, and, uh, right? And just line up. And I think uh, one time I didn't get to see all the plays, but I kind of went through uh, probably some winter looking through all the film I could find from the three years that I was the third guy, the second guy, and the starter. And there was one play in those three years on a short yardage we didn't get it. That's a pretty, right, pretty, that's pretty good. Right through yeah. their face mask. Yeah. I mean, Take it to them. So, so to me, to go away from that for whatever reason, I'm right. just saying just at least have a jumbo package or something. So that when it comes down to, to short yardage, you get it. You yeah. know, you. I mean, I can remember fourth and ones. There's quite a few fourth and ones, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of nerve wracking. But I remember looking through our linemen's legs and seeing the hash mark that I had to get to, and almost laughing <laughs> that the defense could stop me from get with our linemen yeah. to getting there. <laughs> yeah. I remember thinking, "There's yeah. no way." Sweet dream. Yeah. I mean, and you watch those handoffs. Yeah. Steve Taylor, I mean, to get turned that the quick, field. and then you run a fake. Because mm-hmm. those linebackers, they can't jump up there in that second. They got to see if it's a fake first. Mm-hmm. Well, it's too late. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and, you know, so to see that, yeah. to see that hard nose football, even though it's changed, and I'm okay with that mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. But just watch these other great teams, yeah. Alabama, Ohio yeah. State, Michigan, um, Wisconsin. They're – I mean, they're going to come in there. Attitude. And put the herd on. Coming. It. It's, yeah. still, it's still football well, after all. Yes. It, yeah. Right? Yeah. The mentality boils down to yep. make them earn it. Yep. So I think. Come Rule, and stop me. I think yeah. Rule has that mentality in his guys. So that's we'll a see. great way to wrap well, this yes. up. One, one more question, really short. Yeah, Just sure. Yes or no? Bring back the all red uniforms. Yes or no? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Hey, I'm in. Yes. Say no more. <laughs> um, so at this point of the show, let's just uh, tell the listeners kind of what you guys are doing now, 
um, plug yourselves, plug anything that you want people to to hear about yourselves, and uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up. Well, I, I don't have much to plug. I'm a I'm a stay at home dad. Heck doing yeah. That for what last ten years or so? Twin daughters. Twin yeah. daughters. Yeah, twin daughters. And wow. I, mean, I got my son that works in in Lincoln at uh, Spearwell. I got uh, another son going to college starting this fall in Lincoln, and uh, two girls in middle school, and then. Um, a wife who, who who does well and um, there to support her and and um, you know one of the biggest things I do now is uh, a caregiver for my mom. You that's know, okay. she's a little bit up in age, and that's how I spend most of my my morning and early afternoon. So that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I am. I I had my own business. It's a Nebraska franchise called Hobby Town USA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Coach Osborne's son-in-law is the president of the company, so that kind of helped me a little bit. Sure. <laughs> Stick with it. I thought he'd tell Tom if I quit. Yeah. So did, I kinda, I did he make you run drills? 30, <laughs> <laughs> so for 32 years, I did that. And then I had a, a great customer approach me and and uh, a year ago and bought me out. So – so I am now. Uh, I wouldn't call me retired, but uh, but I'm I'm just enjoying. You're chilling. Yeah. From, from <laughs> the, it's like when we, in sports, and I grew up on a farm, you know. So from the time you're about 10, 12 years old, you hit it hard, and then to play at Nebraska, you got to hit it hard. Yeah. And then running your own business, hit yeah. it hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so so I'm very thankful for that. And and um, see we we even though we both live in the Omaha area, it's just, we just look forward to getting together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I, I look forward to more of that. And, and um, we've got great teammates and, and uh, that's one of the things I enjoy. Steve Taylor, who is the, the, the quarterback in our backfield is just a highlight for me. I mean, I feel really out of place because these guys look like they could play today. <laughs> you know, when you see these guys, you just go, what is going on? You know, what happened to the gene pool? Yeah. And, uh, and so I look forward to those get-togethers and doing more of that now. Um, but I've this will be my year that I turn 60. This will be the year my wife and I celebrate 40 years of marriage. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. And so got two two great kids and a and a little granddaughter. And, and uh, so I'm – very, very thankful, very blessed in my life. So, well, let Amen. us let us say over here on the No Block No Rock side, we are thankful for you two coming on the No Block No Rock podcast, the tandem. Yeah, getting together. That's the whole part. That's, that's right. the, the best part about this gig is we just get together, get together, and just talk about Nebraska football. Yep. And that's the best part. Awesome. Yeah, right. We didn't even record this. This is mostly just for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Keith Enzone Jones. Ken Kalen, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate your time tonight. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you, guys. Ken Dirt Claude yeah. Van Dam. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's just go around. We'll sign, sign off. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Hall. Mike Delaware. Kyle Byers. Connor Cavillac. Keith Jones. Ken Kalen. There you go. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Nailed it. As always, 38 days. Corn, cows, dogs, fullbacks. <laughs> dogs. <laughs> Beat Minnesota. And GBR. Oh. <laughs> we have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Otter. He's a junkyard dog. <laughs> Kenny Bell ran up to me. He's like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> get mad. Would you go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. <laughs> <laughs> Dang on it, Muhammad. GBR. <laughs>
a Heard at Sports Network production.